2: you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com/slash host.
1: This podcast is a Royfield Brown production. Find others on iTunes.
3: All right. Yeah, I know.
4: This is Dumpty Dum, sponsored by managers.
5: Almost sacrilegious to put a sheep's bleat at the end of that. That wasn't, wasn't half moving. But, folks, this is Dumpty Dumb, the show about the reality ducky drama that is centered on Ambridge in the heart of the Midlands. I'm the recently returned Blighty Brit, Royfield Brown, and today I'm joined by a slightly fatigued
4: Jacqueline Berthaud in France.
5: I was going to say Buenos Aires, Madame, but I'm mixing up with European languages there. Definitely. Um, and... Uh, Jacqueline, I'm yes, honoured Field. to be in your company, missus, <laughs> because as I've said on previous podcasts, you're a proper OG. You're a gangster. aren't you? I, um, You've you been listening to this Dum-de-Dum for yonks.
4: I picked up the first one uh, that I listened to about uh, episode three. At uh, that time, it was uh, only available for about three weeks or four weeks. I rolled back and I remember what I was doing the first time I listened to dum dum I was there. Uh, pruning or deadheading my hortensia. Voila. <laughs> <Whoa.
5: laughs> well, well, welcome. After I being knew. a caller in and an OG, you've now finally made it on to being a co-host.
4: And but I'm honoured.
5: We're honoured to have you, Madame Berto. This week's dum dum is a tune from Marie Bray. Now, Marie, that was all level of spectacular. And I must admit, I'm not the biggest meatloaf fan, but I, I was moved, I was. Moved. Now, folks, if you want to send us in a dumby-dum, get onto the old speak pipe, but we'll tell you how to do that later. Now, we've got a fun, packed episode for you, and insightful and deep and meaningful, because we're analysing the archers. And we're going to hear contributors, uh, contributions, sorry, from Witherspoon, Jen, our ambush Pony Club, Panto Martin, he's back. You know what, Jacqueline, I'm kind of quite falling for Panto Martin. I, I me quite too, me it. too. I hope that's not the hashtag Me Too because no, that means definitely, something else completely, completely oh, different God. okay great you as well Have, have you, you seen yeah. Me Too in, in, in Norman French? moi aussi there you go that's the hashtag and uh, we have Auntie Jean she's back
4: oh, how oh. lovely
5: now plus we have Tweet of the Week from our Purple Pumpkin we have the Social Media Roundup from Witherspoon this week
4: yay
5: and of course we're going to have a Facebook Roundup we're going to welcome our new members from our Facebook group But first, uh, we always start the show with a week in Ambridge, and this is our Sue.
6: Hello, my lovelies. It's Sue, Queen O'Tart on the Twitters here with This Week in Ambridge. What a shouty week. What a shouty, shouty week. And there were some underhand dealings with Fallon plotting to cut off Harrison's Bake Off the Professional Dreams. And that was the light relief stuff. So much dodgy dealing denouncements over Chris getting hard cash. I didn't think there were any cash machines in villages anymore. So who, where's the money coming from? Who's actually got the cash? Alice crushed his entrepreneurial dreams with subsidies from Brian. And I have to say, I don't think there's any coming back from that. Oh, my. What about the veterinary shenanigans with Denise this week? Talking about unlicensed dodgy dog dealers killing lockdown pets. It was nothing like the confusion about who was married to whom. Shula sounds like her nose was right out of joint at the end of that. And who is Lillian kidding? She's scared to go in the shop. Is she 13? Really? It's like kids standing outside the shop giving adults some coins and getting them to get a bottle of blue WKD. Oh, Jazza, you've managed to arrange another Ambridge kitchen viewing. This is not going to end well. It really isn't. Someone's going to buy one or he's going to get sacked soon, I think. Justin, understandably, doesn't want a kitchen visit. Who would want a kitchen visit? Fern really has the gift of the gab, doesn't she? And he is just reeled in. She doesn't care about your kitchen islands, Justin. She just wants your money. Shouting about Jacob shopping Chris to Brian. More shouting. Chris is taking his bat home. Oh, and there was much pouting. Oh, my word. Then we get into super, super shouty Neil, struggling to get Brian to listen. Brian was so rude. But once he was off, there were things said that can never, ever be unsaid. I wonder if Neil actually remembers that Brian is his boss. Tangentially, but still. I don't see Barrow surviving this without Brian championing it. Things will not end well. Oh, I can't wait to see Neil crossing the road and leaving the room in high dudgeon on a regular basis. Oh, more shouting, Fern! This time, I can see why. Coming to Ambridge for now, only to sell to Jazza's mates for the price of a pint. It was always going to end badly. Let's hope for the McCreary Horabin's finances that a small miracle happens. Can the Ambridge fairy please turn up? Because I don't see how else they're going to get out of this one. And another lot of shouting from Neil. Oh, Neil, Neil. Mate, you've got to calm down. This can't be good for your blood pressure or all of that. Shouty, shouty, shouty. Alice is a big fat liar. Well, we've all known that for a long time. She really is off his Christmas card list. Although it sounds like Chris is going to capitulate and he won't be able to even afford a packet of Christmas cards at this rate, he's going to get taken to the cleaners under the Aldridge's offer. That's clearly not going to sit well at the carters and Neil will fight it all the way. But I don't see an end to the shouting any time soon. I'm hoping, please, please, I am hoping that when we get on to six episodes, it'll just get diluted a bit or we can live and dream. I'll talk to you next week.
5: Oh, thank you for that. I called you the Queen of Tart. Sorry, Queen of Tart Tarte, singular, not plural. You French. Because you do call yourself French now, don't you, Jacqueline? Well, I am French. I've got double
4: nationality.
5: You French, you like shouting. That must have been a very welcome week for you. You're always saying bleu and arm-waving in France, aren't you?
4: Not at all. You've got the, the terrible impression of us. I'm actually someone who hates conflict. But, uh, no, hate shouting. And, in fact, Neil shouting was more disturbing than you can ever know because Neil has been my safe person, loved him since forever, and um, Neil shouting was very, very disturbing. We don't shout in France, and I don't like Neil shouting.
5: Well, the French do shout. Come on. We, we know that. However, right, maybe, I'm, maybe I'm being very British and being very stereotypical of our Gallic uh, neighbours, but <laughs> Neil shouting was weird right and you just felt like decades of tension just like unraveled didn't you when he let Brian have with both barrels
4: absolutely and in fact you know I'm from a very working class background and I feel like uh, I should be on the side of Neil and probably Neil and his son and all those downcast people in uh, the the lower classes in Ambridge I've probably always been on their side but I wasn't sure this week I wasn't very sure about whether Neil was... He was doing that, what everybody else did a few weeks ago when they all started wanting their children to be a judge. He was being a protective person, parent and only listening to his, uh, his, his 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 child's side of the story uh, made me feel very uncomfortable. But, you know, isn't that
5: fundamentally the role of parents, though, to defend your progeny? through thick and thin ultimately you know regardless of the rights or wrong you've always got ma and pa like to back you up to bankroll you etc that's their job surely
4: well yes i guess it is i think uh, yeah i think that's uh, as a mom of four children i've definitely done that over the many thousands of years i feel like i've been a mother uh, but uh, this isn't reality is it this is the ouchers. sorry sorry wife <laughs> but but no but
5: but but it's
4: supposed to reflect
5: reality though isn't it? And I just thought Neil going off like a hand grenade did make me think maybe I've gone into a multiverse of madness. Yes, we've had Neil stressed before, but him just to lose it like that felt odd, but it also felt spectacular.
4: It did feel spectacular. <laughs> I agree. And in fact, I half laughed out loud the first time I heard it. I've listened to it twice this week. Um, Mm. But it made me feel very uncomfortable. I don't like shouting Neil. I like nice, cuddly Neil with his curries. No, not curry. Sorry, sorry. Uh, Aye, aye. (laughs) Chilies, (laughs) chilies. Which
5: character on The Archers would you accept having a good old shout?
4: Lillian. I think Lillian is good at shouting. Uh, I think mm-hmm. she likes to shout out. She likes to have a good uh, voice on it. We've seen Kirsty shout quite a lot. Mm-hmm. I was very uncomfortable with uh, Roy shouting. Didn't suit Roy at all because he's kind of a, a meh character for me. Uh, and when he started shouting at um, uh, when he was when he lost when they closed Grey Gables a few weeks ago, um, I know yeah, I didn't like Roy shouting.
5: It's Kate shouts. got <laughs> Kate, absolutely. Kate, she's she's ever losing her rag. Here's the thing: you've basically said that when it comes down to things, you you don't like to lose control, right? Indeed, you don't like. Yeah, you don't like to lose control. What pushes you to the edge where you just go, oh, I can't hold it in. I can't be diplomatic. I can't be Switzerland. I know you're French, right? But like, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna let rip.
4: Uh. Failures to... Failures in medias. If I'm trying to work something out on the computer and I am a self-taught computery person, Mm I can do things on the computer, but I get very frustrated if things don't work and things aren't working out. What about you, Royfield? What makes you...
5: I'm always calm, always calm. Here's the thing. (laughs) Uh, Here's the thing. Do you swear in English or French?
4: I swear in English because I don't know any French swear words.
5: Oh, please. Come on now.
4: Apart from Merde, which everybody knows anyway since we were about six. Uh, No, because, in fact, uh, I'm married to a Frenchman who I met Mm. in uh, my early 50s um, from nine years ago, 13, 14 years ago. Uh, And um, he's a very uh, polite and very correct person. And he would never, ever... Teach me a, a, a French swear word. I've never heard. I do know French so, swear words, so
5: you do or you don't.
4: I do know a few, but I don't use them ever. Whereas I'm quite liable to do a. I'm not even going to say the words in English. I swear quite a lot. Hmm.
5: Let us uh, investigate <laughs> this further. Indeed, on in this episode <laughs> after we uh, have um, a little bit of a catch up with our caller innerers Now, I did out myself at the start of the show by being somewhat of a fan of our Panto Martin. Mm. Like, I love a hammy actor and Panto Martin. You turn the ham up to 5011.
3: Here we go with Panto Martin. Hello, dumpty dummers. It's Panto Martin from Sheffield here. Well, what a week it's been. Good old Chris Carter. Gone back to his old ways by being soft. Finally putting the cat he was stroking down and handing it... To his father Neil, who, completely out of character, has suddenly become evil personified. Will he take on the mighty Brian Aldridge? Will there be a feud between the two families that goes on forever? That will be my plot prediction going forward, where Neil completely changes character. Have to say, though, looking forward to next week, when we're going to have the Judge the Pudding competition, well, hopefully they won't be too harsh on Pat and Tony. And Fallon's thing will also go okay. That's all for now. Have a good week. Goodbye. So we've
5: touched on Neil j- just a little. And-, and maybe there's more Neil uh, investigating to be done. But this pudding thing, wh- where do you stand with this, uh, you know, th- this bake-off competition type <laughs> thing in Ambridge? I-,
4: I hate competitions. And puddings don't interest me whatsoever. Give me Beg your a... Pardon. I don't. I'm not very interested in puddings. There you go. I said it out loud. You, you really public.
5: have become French, haven't you? Let me know. So when you say you don't like puddings at all, you are you saying like a pudding is an apple pie with custard and now you're all creme brulee and that's a dessert?
4: No, I'm saying that I'm not a very sweet person. I don't like sweet things. Give me a um, plate of cheese or... but I've always been like this. This isn't just since I've lived in France... At the end of a meal, a lot of people say, oh, you have to have a sweet, sweet thing at the end of the meal to round the meal off. Not me. I'd much sooner have a plate of salami.
5: How's this relationship going to work out, Jacqueline? Like, <laughs>
4: <laughs> oh, oh,
5: God. I, I, I'm all discombobulated and we're only halfway through episode one. It's like, <laughs> what do you mean? Do you, do you not like ice cream, custard, cake, no, no.
4: tart? That cake I can go for. In fact, I have a great uh, relationship with a lovely, lovely woman here who comes over to sew with me once a week. Uh, Mm. And in fact, she is a great sweet person. So we drink English, Yorkshire tea, and she usually brings something very sweet to eat. So I I make the effort for good friends. If you ever came, we've ever met in person, I'd make the effort to eat a sweet with you. (laughs) <laughs> well, I,
5: I, I don't think we're going to get to meet in person the way things are going so far. It's going rapidly downhill. <laughs> it's like, my gosh, you are not up for this bake competition. So you don't feel Harrison's pain at all, the fact that he's slaving away in the kitchen. You just say, move on, nothing to see, or dare I say, here, here. Go on to the meat of the archers. You don't want the little comic relief.
4: I do like the comic relief, but I don't like all these competitions. I don't see... Life isn't a competition. Oh, God, it really irritates the hell out of me that everything's a competition. Even Denise this week. I don't know. Denise, uh, you know, she's been brought in as a character for whatever reason, which will be revealed in the... Fall in in love
5: with Alistair. No, for goodness
4: sake. I hate all that as well. (laughs) What? You don't don't have people falling in love? I do. I like people falling in love. But why is it that every time a man and a woman or a woman and a woman speak to each other in a kind of friendly way, it's all about, oh, God, they're going to get together? No.
5: (sighs) Here, let's look at the entrails. Number one, she's done her hair. Number two, things aren't all sweetness and light at home. True. Okay. Alistair's single.
4: Yeah, true.
5: 30% 30 of all relationships start in the workplace
4: oh, that is very true
5: there you go
4: <laughs> so i hate all the speculation about uh every time people are nice to each other they're going to get it together
5: but that's not true that's not true so wait a minute stella and denise were nice to each other at least stella complimented denise are we saying yeah. that they're going to get together
4: no not necessarily, but everybody on Twitter, Facebook, and all oh, the stuff. Oh, don't uh,
5: worry about them. Listen, listen. Let me into a secret. <laughs> it's the people. Listen,
4: it's the people. It's no, the people Jacqueline. that are saying it.
5: No, Jacqueline. Let me let you into a secret. No one listens to this podcast. Just me and you. Forget Twitter. What do you <laughs> think?
4: Uh, well, uh, well, in fact, no, I didn't think, Alistair. I think there's going to be a crisis with Alistair and Shula. Because Shula thinks that, uh, from what little is, was said between uh, them this week when uh, Stella confused uh, Denise with Alistair's uh, wife, mm-hmm. I think Shula's going to get all very blah, blah, blah about it and um, you never know. You know, They were a good couple. They suited each other.
5: They're going to go back is what you're saying. Yeah. You know who knows, but no, that's Chris and Alice. They're, they're, they're not going to get divorced. Chris and Alice are not going to get divorced. Shula and Alistair, Alistair they're properly kaput, <laughs> done right. And I'm telling you here now, telling you here now,
3: In a Grayfield prediction. I'm scared. <laughs>
5: <laughs> and I'm telling you here now, that line where Stella thought that Alistair and Denise were together was to tell us that's the foreshadowing, that's the definite kind of like okay we know where where this is going I'm not saying it's gonna they're gonna get together next week I'm not saying that at all but I'm telling you they're gonna get together they're too nicey nicey-nicey together and I don't mean oh nicey-nicey with each other they're just two lovely decent characters and Alistair though he's not looking he's found his life partner in the surgery just saying
4: uh, well, when you put it like that, I agree because it was that nice bit where they were sharing a cake from that was given by one of the clients, and that was very cosy. So there you yeah, go. so oh, and, all right, you've changed my mind, Royfield. Just so persuasive. Thank poetic. you.
5: Thank you. And and here's the thing: nice people like sweet things. Just saying. Oh, oh ooh,
3: you little bitch. Yeah. <laughs> Well, Come on. Who come on, wife!
4: Well, this is the first one. You've got to be nice to me for a wallace. I am being nice. I am being nice. But I'm just saying.
5: Uh, it's like a societal norm. Something sweet on the lips, right? You share it with somebody. Oh, nice little bit of cake here.
4: No, I'm sorry. But if I cut into a nice piece of cheese a lovely Morbière with its little line of little, little grey uh, ashes uh-huh. in the middle Morbière. You haven't discovered Morbière? You haven't lived. It's a beautiful cheese from the French mountains with a little line of ash that runs through it. It's creamy, it's subtle, it's soft. You share that with somebody, that's it. You've got their heart forever.
5: Wait a minute. Do you say a line of ash? <laughs> like, like, so... like, like cinders from a cold fire? <laughs> <laughs> well, it
4: doesn't sound so good when I describe it, but if it was in French, I'm sure it would sound better. <laughs> so what is ash
5: in French?
4: A cendre, like cendrillon. Cendrillon is um, uh, Cinderella.
5: But you see, that does sound better. Like, I would rather have a bit of cendrillon <laughs> than a bit of ash. You know?
2: There you <laughs> <Like>, go. <again. laughs>
5: there you go. You've sold it to me. Well, have you? I would order it from the menu because it sounds delicious.
4: No, you wouldn't because you wouldn't be able to read the menu. Let's face let's
5: it. That's true. That is very <laughs> true. Like, <laughs> Google Translate on your phone.
4: Oh, uh, yeah. I've never tried that, but I will try it one day.
5: It is a little bit like magic. You just, like, get Google up. You can point the camera, and it just directly translates it.
4: Oh, gosh, I you really know? need to try that one day.
5: Yeah, yeah. So there is the you, – you can do it that <clears> way, <throat> or, of course, you can kind of talk into your phone. Anyway, you know what we should do? We could, let's look at us chatting away. I know.
4: Terrible. Let's get on with the archers.
1: <laughs> Greetings, Royfield. All Dunty Dumbers around the world, it's Witherspoon and Angus Haggis here, and a big welcome to Jacqueline. I look forward to the new team at the helm of our favourite podcast – two items on my agenda this week. First, Jazzer. I forget if I previously mentioned or posted this but my father in retirement from the ages of 77 to 90 worked part-time cold calling for a kitchen cabinet refinishing company it wasn't easy but he enjoyed talking to people he called scores of individuals around the country daily and it took a lot of work to land an appointment for a salesperson dad would have been aghast at what jazzer did and would have laughed in incredulity at the situation the scriptwriter set up in no way would my father have been been so delusional as to think that he was responsible for a successful sale. Also, the amount of money he got for setting up each sales call was just a little. A bit of inside baseball here. The term used for the commission on setting up a sales visit is called a spiff, a term that dates back to Victorian London. Second agenda item the Aldrich Carter feud. Royfield. You should know that I've been commenting about Chris and Alice, treatment issues, and the dynamics of their split for months now. While no one is blameless, I've been especially critical of Chris. I've talked about Chris's major emotional dependency issues and that he's never understood the issues of alcoholism as an illness. His calling Alice and Alki this week was especially revealing. Perhaps he did achieve some insight on Thursday. We'll see. While Brian indeed is a pompous ass, sorry Quentin, I was very disappointed with Neil this week. I know he's defending his son and is very angry at Brian, with good reason. But for the many of us familiar with the handmaid's tale, basically he's viewing and treating Alice as nothing more than a handmaid, a vessel for delivering Martha to Chris. Discuss. Talk to you soon. Hmm. Where'd you want
5: to pick up there? Because he gave us a lot of meat
1: there, did I, with the spoon?
4: He did. And oh, thank you with the spoon. The welcome, and in fact, Witherspoon is one of the few dumdy dummers I've ever met in person. There you go in a blizzard. <laughs> oh. <laughs> hey ho, <laughs> a blizzard in New York. I'm glad to hear that uh, Witherspoon's uh, disappointed with Neil because I am very disappointed with Neil. They already said, um, and the Aldridge Carter uh, feud it'll go on for years. You know, villages are villages. I live in a village and there are people on one side of the village that don't speak to others because there's something that happened between the wars. Is this um, between
5: the Napoleonic Wars?
4: uh, No, it's definitely between the First and the Second World War, but there's still (laughs) some kind of battle going on about it. I walked for many, many years, about five or six years, with um, a little old lady who was known as the memory of the village. Sadly, she's descending into Alzheimer's at the age of 90-something, but She's told me snippets of things that happened between the families, you know. And it's, ah, I find the whole story very difficult for um, some reasons that some of you will know that I've dealt with the addiction of my, my daughter suffering from addiction for many years. Um, and um is absolute not understanding and not really making an effort to understand alcoholism is... Um has really upset me in uh, times, in months gone by. I've moved on from it, but hearing him call Alice and Alki was just the pits. Shows he doesn't understand it, so there you go.
5: It wasn't <coughs> one of Chris's finest moments, but he feels beleaguered, doesn't Indeed. he? He feels beleaguered and he feels that he did everything to keep the marriage going. And I That's, what, that, he
4: yes, That's exactly. what he feels. Yes, exactly. No, yeah. exactly.
5: That's what he feels. That ostensibly he did all the things you're supposed to do. And he didn't call time on it. And I think part of what he's feeling is the anger that I tried so hard to support you, but you still rejected me. And rejecting me also you rejected Martha at the start when she said I was done with this. And she says, I can't e- even be a mother. So, so so, he's angry. I am not forgiving what he said, but he's going through a highly traumatic time, isn't
4: he? He is, but so is Alice. And when Alice said those things, when she said that she couldn't cope with uh, living with him or with uh, Martha, she was ill. It's an illness. Addiction is an illness. And uh, so many people, especially this week, it feels like um, – people have forgotten that actually she she suffered from this illness of alcoholism or um i don't say that very well do i in, in english alcoholism yeah, um you uh, could. but um it just feels like she's been put okay she's in recovery mode so therefore we can forget all the things that she was suffering when she had that baby when she decided she couldn't cope And um, it's been forgotten a bit. It's been parked on the side. And I think that shows it when he called her an alki. I think
5: it's hard. You've revealed that, you know, that you in your family, you you suffered trying to deal with somebody who had this disease. You know, you suffered, the family suffered, and very obviously uh, your child suffered. I just very briefly said last week, I went through a divorce. Mine was nothing like this and this is the the beauty of a well-written drama, is that you do take in your own life experience, don't you? Yeah, And when it's written so much so that you can see the fault on both sides, Alice did walk into that meeting with her father. And you can imagine how then Chris then feels, I'm up against the whole of the audridges here.
4: Oh, completely beleaguered, yeah.
5: I'm outnumbered, I'm outgunned. And he feels like that. Anyway, the Aldriges do have all this money, uh, etc. So, and then you're going through one of the most traumatic things that anybody could, can go through. You know, the the playing out in slow motion of the end of your relationship because they've been together for quite some time.
4: They have, and it you know, was all very dramatic when they got together against other people's wishes.
5: Absolutely. You know, and Brian was always disparaging, at least at the start, you know, saying this was a starter marriage, it's never going to last. Oh, but that's
4: come out in the last few weeks as well, you know.
5: Yeah. And they did give it a decent go. Uh, If you just look at in terms of length, anyway, you know, it was a good, I don't know, 15, 14 years or so. It's been a decent amount amount of time, considering how young they are because they got together uh, at college. But when you're playing out something so traumatic in slow motion, You're going to say and do things that you're going to regret. But I think, yes, Chris doesn't really realise what exactly uh, alcoholism is in terms of it being a disease or addictive personality. But it could hardly be unique in that. You know, many people don't.
4: Indeed they don't. But, you know, he's married to the woman. He loves the woman. Um, It's been declared that she has uh, this disease. You'd think he'd want to. Personally, I'm someone who, if something happens, I want to research everything. It's not always a good thing because sometimes you get frightened out of doing things because you research mm. too much. Um But I want to find out about it. I want to apply those findings to whatever the situation is. But isn't this just classic of what happens in such a brilliant uh, um, docudrama like The Archers? Uh, absolutely. And
5: And I think you actually... Might have been a bit of a slip, but you said he loves her. He He still does. does. He does. He does. Yeah. He does. It's not past tense. No. And that's part of it. That he's he he might know that um, they're going through a divorce, but his heart isn't there yet. No, his heart isn't there.
4: uh, indeed. And he loves her. And there's always that little hope that, you know, something will come back, I'm sure, in his mm. heart of hearts. And so despite all the hurt and when he tried to get out of this horrible quagmire of crap that they're in at the moment with all the uh, fighting between um Brian and then Neil and Chris almost got to a point where he said, right, I want it to stop. I want to stop the hurt. I want to stop the fighting. And Neil Pushed him back into it, and that's the moment when I was really, really disappointed with Neil.
5: But but even that was incredibly true to life because when you're in a relationship with somebody, and then then you break up, invariably what acts as either uh, acts as an accelerant, actually is family and friends, people around who was oh you know what I never really liked, or oh, there was this time when blah blah blah, and actually the, the people who are closest to you can be that hindrance for actually for you and and for the person who you loved not necessarily to reconcile and to get back but at least to make things smooth people always jump in and says well I had a friend that said this when they got divorced and you should try for x and y and z it's always and it's said from a place of I'm on your side but yeah
4: support support yeah yeah
5: but actually ends up just stirring the pot
4: it does indeed, but you can't stop. It's human nature, isn't it? Everybody wants to have their uh, twopence, halfpenny worth, and parents are no no uh, different to the rest of the world. So, you know, parents are going to put in. Uh, what I can't wait to hear is when Susan puts in her uh, half crowns worth. Are you, are you really
5: French? I thought you were going to t- talk about some team or, a,
4: yeah. or something. Well, I'm also old. I'm also <laughs> old. <laughs> I mean, I'm going to be absolutely loved by Boris for talking about uh, imperial measures. Oh, God. <laughs> Sorry, shouldn't mention them.
5: Yeah. <laughs> no, I think what we'll have to do is uh, change the different tiers on Patreon to groats or something for another. <laughs> <Yeah. That's> <laughs>
4: definitely, definitely <laughs> suits the way that the uh, UK is going. Isn't it amazing that two people. Like you and I, you who live largely out of the country, I who don't mm-hmm. live in the country and haven't lived in the country for uh, twenty years, are ended up talking about a podcast which is quintessentially English from our foreign perspectives. Maybe we need new hosts. <laughs> you,
5: you know what? You were—I I did think right. If we just start, if we'd have recorded this last week, it was, this would have been <clears> the <throat> first ever dumdy dum, not to be recorded or hosted at all in the uk and it, it's obviously going to happen very soon yeah and there's always been one person within the uk but soon and very soon <laughs> when i go back on my travels and and that thought did go through my mind but i tell you what um apropos that we're talking about being uh on foreign climbs and brexit pans and oh gently oh my god brexit <gasps> Let's go to the Republic of Ireland or Perfect. Southern Ireland, and it's Jen, Ambridge Pony Club.
0: Greetings, Royfield, Dumdy Dummers, and maybe Jacqueline? Jen here, Ambridge Pony Club. Just catching up on me, Dumdy Dums, and I heard the horrible review from Anonymous, and I had to call in to contradict it. Much as we miss Philippa and Miss Quentin, loving having Royfield back, the original and best, and delighted to have Susie Rids. I mean, God, we're honoured. What a treat. Definitely be listening to her new podcast. So anyway, just had to call in and say that as to the archers, very, very silly storyline on the whole Chris gets paid cash in hand. I mean, gee whiz. I've had a horse now for over 20 years. I always pay the farrier by cash. It's just more practical. I mean, you're in the middle of a yard up until Revolut. There was no real way of paying by card. And it's just what you do. You don't need a receipt. So why not? I'm sure the farriers are as tax-compliant as the next person, and there's nothing against it. Brian wouldn't have even twigged that as strange. His daughters have had horses. Farriers expect to get paid in cash. It's just normal. And even if they were to go in and investigate it, how are they going to prove anything? You call up the farrier. He comes. You give him the cash. He goes and gives the cash to Alice, who spends it down the off-license. Where's the chain there? How are they going to prove anything? Ridiculous. Anyway, as you can tell, I'm probably quite Team Chris, although more Team Martha. Then um, the magnificent rant of Neil. Oh, fabulous, 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 fabulous. I want it as a ringtone. So glad that the mouse roared and that the lower orders are finally telling the so-called betters where to stick it. If only Neil could be elected to Parliament and and do the same with Boris Johnson, we'd all be very happy.
5: Mm, I thought that call was brilliant, because it lifted the veil on on country life. You know, I I almost admit, I've never spent uh, more than, you know, 1% of my life in in the countryside, let alone having my horse, horse's hooves healed or whatever the heck you, you call it. But the way that Jen explained that that is a cash economy, that transaction is a cash economy, and it's not at all a big deal, Rings incredibly true to me. And you'd think that actually, um, Brian would, of course, know this.
4: Well, I think he does know it. I just think he's been an arse place. Oh, you know, it's the way he does things. Um, I live in the middle of a field. There are 400 people in my village, which is not, mm-hmm. um, but they're not all in the village. So, um, and lots of transactions are done in cash. The farrier, the person who comes and uh, turns your hay, and uh, the person who comes and looks after the vet, the vet who comes out to your cows or mm-hmm. whatever. Ah, cash economy all the time, all the way through. I mean, but then again, we always say that in France, we're at least uh, 40 years behind uh, Brit. I don't have a takeaway food place within tw- 25 kilometers of me. So, you know, it's I'm living in the 60s.
5: Is that 40 years behind Britain or is that 40 years behind urban Britain?
4: It's really from the 1960s. It's just the same in in Sanguine, except we have bigger tractors. Huh. I I think that's the first time I've seen you speechless. How right, to just
5: get that in but our tractors are bigger in France.
4: No I didn't say that I said we've got bigger tr- tractors than we had in Immingham in the 1960s. Oh, well
5: wow. that's, surely that's the same thing you're saying but anyway anyway <laughs> anyway um, just very quickly everybody uh, we need your help there's three things you can do first off and um, if you haven't done already hit the subscribe button on whatever podcatcher you'll listen to us on and give us um, a five-star review on it. Now if you're on Apple iTunes or, sorry, I say that all the time, Apple Podcasts, we would love you to go on there and to write us a review and to give us uh, five stars. That would be most awesome. If you write us a review, you will get mentioned on a future podcast. Now, the third thing you can do is consider becoming a Patreon. A Patreon is a way of tipping creators, and there are different levels with different rewards. If you want to go in big with your um with your euros or with your farthings, because uh, you're about to turn back the clock, you can uh, quite simply go to Patreon.com, search for Dumm-de-Dum, and we'd be chuffed to bits to have your support. It's just a way of us keeping the lights on here at Dumm-de-Dum Towers. Now we have not one but two new patrons to thank for their support,
4: and we would like to thank Jess Beasley and Jessica Isenman who joined the Inner Sanctum by becoming. Patreons this week. ah uh,
5: thanks so much, all of you. Uh, for all of your help and support with this podcast. It means that you're all behind us. You're rooting for the podcast, just like Jazz's pigs. Now, back to our calls.
7: Hello everybody. Auntie Jean here. I am sorry I haven't phoned for so long. I move house and it all got a bit complicated with COVID and everything else. Plus I've got a new puppy and gosh, they're time wasters. Anyway. On to the archers. Well, the whole Chris-Alice thing is getting very boring now, I have to say. They're as bad as one another. They really are. Chris is his own worst enemy by saying that he wanted to make all the final decisions about Martha's care, uh, which forced Alice basically to go to a solicitor and it's all exploded from there. Neither family is helping by sort of shouting and screaming instead of trying to calm things down. And poor Martha is caught in the middle. I would have thought the court is bound to award joint custody, so the whole thing is a waste of energy anyway. Um, let's just hope it all is all over soon because, frankly, I've had enough. Poor Tracy. Is there anything in the working-class families of Ambridge can get a, a break on? Because it happens to the Grundys as well. Poor Tracy now, with no job and no income, and her father's probably got just his pen, state pension coming in, and Gary's buggered off. It's just heartbreaking, really. Anyway, I suppose we'll see how it all goes. Nice to speak to you all again. Hope all is well.
5: Bye bye for now. Bye bye, Auntie Jean. What, what do you reckon to the meat and potatoes of what Auntie Jean said?
4: Oh, how lovely to hear from Auntie Jean. She's an uh, original oldie person like me as well, from an early caller in her from Dumpty uh, <laughs> dum Tracy and Jazza, I mean, the storyline is just making them suffer, just like the Grundys suffer. Uh, really crap. Um, I don't know what else to say. Really, I just I feel so sad for them. Isn't it like
5: okay? I'm going to be somewhat a, a, a little a little bit naff here, but all this pressure on this couple isn't it turning what is going to be you know what is coal in into a diamond that actually you can see the utter. Um, love that they have for each other in that jazza just wants to help her it's his partner he wants to help her he sees it as as part of his duty she doesn't want to take him for granted she's not asking for help And, and that in and of itself is just great to see
4: it is great, to see, it. it's lovely, but in fact, I can also understand it from Tracy's point of view. You know, she's an independent person. She mm. doesn't want to. She's never been able to rely on anybody. She can't trust anybody. You know, brother, father, even her sister at times has been a bit of an ass with her. So I, you know, I don't. I can understand her independence, but I do agree. I think that it will help them solder their relationship together. The hardship.
5: And one of the things which jazzers has obviously done is to speak to everybody in the pub, buy them a drink or so twist their arms very gently and just say, say that you'll have an appointment from one of our representatives to, uh, to see about a new kitchen. Now, somebody did say on Facebook that actually jazz had been a milkman. is going to have loads of people. who's had casual conversations with like literally hundreds. <laughs> and to say to them, Oh, do you fancy a new kitchen? Um, Actually, wouldn't at all be a bad way of going to market. Um, he's, you know, his new service
4: absolutely, and I think at, uh, the criticism that uh, Fern uh, threw at him at the end of saying, "Oh, was everybody in Ambridge." Well, in fact, a lot of people that he's met. I mean, he's a very he comes across as a very personable guy. He's golf up mm. for fun and all the rest of it, and he's actually quite a salesman. I mean, he must have persuaded dozens of people to take an extra pint here and an extra pint there, or other things that they sell on he sells on his milk round so uh-huh. why not a kitchen why not go look into so he's a salesman i really feel i hate to say this but i think actually you know his accent he's not uh posh it's a posh lily gets it all her own way because she's all very posh He's not. Oh God, I'm going off, aren't I? Stop.
5: You are. You're bringing class war into the archers.
4: <laughs> oh my God, as <laughs> if there's class war in the archers.
5: <laughs> but you know what? though? I quite like the character of Fern, and I would like them to somehow keep her on um, as an occasional character. I think she's actually uh, smashing. To be honest with you,
4: jolly good. She's fluttered her eyebrows, no eyelashes, at you, and there you are. You're, no, 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 you you're know in what,
5: You know the Kitchen. Well. <laughs> not, not at all, not at all. But you know, you know what it is, because there is a certain level of kind of received snobbery, even with the way that she's written, because it does play to class notions, and then also what we hear. We're, we're very reluctant, or at least we are very wary, that's a much better word, we're very wary around salespeople. Because we think that they are trying to get us to do something which which we don't want to do, but this is a legitimate profession, and actually she's very good at her job, and she is an amateur psychologist isn't she yeah you know and uh, she's
4: she, very skilled yeah she's very skilled.
5: very skilled, very skilled so i'm saying let's keep her on in some capacity uh script writers but just before we start to uh wound up this uh podcast uh we haven't talked about the unsung hero competition have we oh
4: no we haven't Mm. go on then you go for it well i I haven't got any thoughts
5: i thought it was great when they said well i was going to be linda and they said no unsung hero so of course linda's nose is going to be put out joint immediately the fact that she's not going to win this Uh, but who is your unsung hero in ambridge
4: well, I think I'll have to go with the majority of people. Clary? Clary is somebody who's always there, you know. She's always doing stuff.
5: She is, isn't she?
4: Gem. She's always... Jim is really supportive of people. Think how he is with Alice. Think how he was with Tracy...
5: But but is Jim unsung because he's on the parish council, whereas Clary isn't. Clary, whenever it's uh, the panto, she's always up to her knees in sewing leggings or whatever at the, at the last minute.
4: And believe uh, and me, that is hell.
5: So we have to give it to Clary. It's going to be Clary Grundy.
4: Yeah, it has to be. But I was trying to think of other people that might be uh, unsung because, of course, we know all about Jill and cake baking and Fallon and mm. her competitions and uh, Emma. Emma, we haven't heard from Emma for yonks. When was the last time we heard from Emma? She's kind of always in the Is background. She, oh, yeah, well.
5: It's relatively recent, though, isn't it? Relatively recent. And she kicked Yeah, a...
4: but if you do this every year, Oyfield If you have Mm. a competition every year, you've got to have somebody. We have a garden competition here, and Mm -hmm. it's always the same people that entered. We've actually cancelled it this year because it's always the same people. So you have to kind of move with the times. So if Emma's new, why not Emma? She's done a lot of stuff behind the scenes. She's worked hard for her family. She's uh, supported Fallon, helped Fallon set up the tea shop with all the vintage stuff.
5: That is true, but... Has she been helping the village, though, as opposed to people close around her?
4: Yeah, that's true. I I was was just trying to be the devil's advocate there, because I actually think it's going to be Clary.
5: (laughs) (laughs) I think so, too. I think so, too. (laughs) Now, (laughs) those are the calls, everybody. But if you'd like to send us in an email, you can do it by following Jacqueline Bertot's instructions.
4: If you'd rather send an email, visit the dumtdum.com uh, website and click the Contact Us tab at the top of the page. And don't forget, you need to get your calls and emails in next week, 6 o'clock English time, on Sunday. Remember, you need to be 18 or over to submit any views or comments.
5: Now, we're going to go from our caller in a to our email in a <clears throat> Oh, I love that like, clear of the throat there. he's like, oh, no, <laughs> oh,
4: <dear."
5: laughs>
4: Go on, edit that, mate.
5: <laughs> when you're ready, Madame Bertou.
4: <laughs> okay, we've got one email this week, and it comes from Amelia Jane, who says, hi, Royfield and co. Apologies. I've forgotten who are you. your co-host is today. That's me, Jacqueline Bertou. I'm from Sanguin in France. This is quite an intense week. I'm not going to comment on the Chris-Alice crisis. I think it's all too emotional and difficult to have a balanced opinion. Is Denise going to run off with Alistair because her husband is always on his bike and refuses to look after after the dog? And was it a bicycle or a motorbike? I'm assuming from her tone there's probably more wrong with the marriage than just the bike. I feel terrible about poor Jazza. But also surprised because he's got so much charm. Surely, if he put his mind to it, he could actually sell kitchens. Though, I did wonder if it's easier when you sound posh like Lily. Maybe Jazzy, a Jazzer actually struggled to sell any because of class prejudice. Poor Jazzer and Tracy. I hope they catch a break soon. Thank you for all you do, AJ. Wasn't that a brilliant email? She said everything that I said. <laughs> i love her. i love <laughs> amelia jane
5: <laughs> well so if somebody agrees with you it's brilliant then. absolutely yep.
4: well don't you agree royfield uh, um,
5: <laughs> i've been told to agree so yes of course i'm in concord with that so now uh, we've done email we've done call arenas, we've done email arenas um i think we should maybe do
1: a little touch of the socials it's with a spoon Greetings again, all Dumpty Dummers. It's Witherspoon and Angus Haggis here with the Social Media Roundup. Well, it was quite the week in Ambridge, and we had lots of opinions on the Aldrich Carter family's feud from our Facebook members, now 2,117 strong. First off, who is your unsung hero of Ambridge? We voted, and lovely Clary defeated Scholarly Jim and others by a two-to-one margin. Even Anon of Ambridge received two votes. Royfield, don't be too hard on Anon. He was very dependent on the opinions of Philippa and Quentin and must miss them terribly. I'm sure he'll warm up to you. Are you still confused by the wrangling over finances and custody between Chris and Alice and their respective padres? Heather Lovabond was, and others agreed. Early in the week, Rob Williams asked if Chris was headed to a breakdown. I offered my psychiatric services, and Bonnie McLean wondered if Chris would become a big-time boozer at the bowl, require rehab services, get sober, reconcile with Alice, and their little family, then leave Ambridge. I endorsed that storyline and would like to see how Neil and Brian would react to that. Claire Hinkley also thought that Chris needed to get a grip on reality. Meanwhile, Margaret Blake disagreed. She wrote, It was Alice who decided she wanted the dream life as Martha's full-time mother and would not go for a job. I have no sympathy for her. Selfish to the core. Sarah Bailey and others were taken aback by Neil's new demeanor. She wrote, I don't like shouting Neil. I feel my world has lost its calm anchor, but Audrey Brown disagreed. I applaud him for refusing to turn the other cheek, for giving as good as he gets. Sally Lakin summed it up, human flawed behavior on both sides highlighted well. I found it exquisitely excruciating, a sign of good writing. Bravo! And I'll let those be the last words on the feud for this week. Remember, next week, Friday episodes return. Hooray! Darcy Jorgensen is hoping for something quiet and soothing, like a warm, thick slice of Jill's Lemon Drizzle Cake and a nice cuppa. Sounds perfect. Also, don't forget to check out our Facebook page on Saturdays when you can answer my snap question, read Carolyn Wright's Hilarious For Want of a Saturday episode, and greet new members
5: talk to you soon thank you for that mr spoon and uh now i uh, let's, let's rattle through this um let's go from uh the social media roundup to tweet of the week and uh, as of said before uh twitter's quite important around here because that's where the podcast started and it's always purple pumpkin who decides who's going to be tweet of the week purple pumpkin over to you
3: Hello Roy Field, welcome to the show as host Jacqueline, and hello Dumpty Dummers everywhere. Before listing my medal wins this week, in honour of the Archers' 72nd birthday, I'm flagging up my must-see account of the week. A Twitter account that posts visual gags, so you might want to look at it yourself. It's called The Archers in Emojis, at Archers Emojis on Twitter. They brilliantly summarise entire episodes by rendering them in readily available pictures of 32 by 32 pixels. It's a worthy successor to the Plarchers, who used to post Playmobil scenes from each episode. And so on to Tweets of the Week. And a big thank you to everyone who flagged up nominations for the shortlist. Please keep them coming. In Bronze Position, voicing the views of many on the Alistair and Denise storyline... It's sar at sar for all to see on Twitter. Quick, shoehorn Denise into the storyline so that when her and Al go at it on the operating table, we'll at least know who she is. In silver, it's Rainbow Warrior at Rainbow underscore Warrior on Twitter, who says, "Please remember, Brian's understanding of divorce stems mainly from his involvement with other people's wives." And in gold, with a tweet that is both timely and political, we have Helen Wormsley J at The Vintage Year, who says, you know, I truly believe Brian's missed his vocation. He's the perfect pick for cabinet ethics advisor. That's it for this week. See you all at the next tweet alone. Thank
5: you, Purple Pumpkin. I've just got a little bit of a thought, right? And it's just literally just coming into my noggin. I haven't properly thought this out, Jacqueline. I'm going to run it by you. One of the things which we could do for Tweet of the Week, we could ask people, and they've seen a great tweet on the Twitters, to maybe do hashtag dum-de-dum, hashtag Tweet of the Week nomination maybe do an acronym of 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 tweet of the week and let's put nomination and then at least purple pumpkin um has got all the great tweets which people have said about um about the archers and then she can go through them she still decides but then we're just kind of crowdsourcing the good ones aren't we
4: i think that's a great idea you know um personally i do not spend that much time on uh tweet of the week on tweeting sorry on twitter and um yeah, uh, she must miss loads of stuff that comes on. And some people ask, I oh, so many amazingly witty people out there that you, it's easy to miss them. So yeah, I think that's a very good idea. Maybe Pebble her uh, pumpkin would uh, be happy to have those piles and piles of things coming in for her to look through. <laughs> she might be cheesed up with us in two weeks time, <laughs> but thank you. Oh. <laughs>
5: Well, you know what, Purple Pumpkin. If you think it's a terrible idea, uh, feel free just to uh, throw it throw it in in the garbage, as the (laughs) Americans would say. (laughs) You know, if you think it's uh, you know be a great help and support, feel free to institute it. But I just think you know potentially you know might be a great way because otherwise you are kind of committing yourself to always being on Twitter, aren't you? And and always you know whenever there is um, a a show during the week or or the omnibus. But anyway, what Purple Pumpkin. This is your section of the show. I throw this out merely as a suggestion. Feel free to do with it as you wish. Now, what we should do, because uh, we are winding up the show, is just kind of start thanking everybody. So Purple Pumpkin, awesome in terms of what you do, of course, and we're thanking you uh, a lot. One thing I, I did say uh, last week is that anybody writes us a review, regardless of the quality, that very obviously uh, we would like good reviews. We're going to read them out. So, of course, this week we had tumbleweed no reviews so if you would like to get your name mentioned on this podcast go on to apple itunes and write us uh, a review and you will be mentioned next week in all of your review types Glory, uh, we do have some new members, some new Facebook members or member to uh, welcome on board to the the Good Ship dum-de-dum and that's Elizabeth and Bailey. So welcome, Elizabeth and Bailey, you are now part of the Dumdum Kit kitten caboodle on Facebook.
4: We're also on Twitter under at DumptyDum. Our team always includes uh, the Archers hashtag using a capital T and A so that the visually impaired can enjoy any Archers-based tweets. Also, that hashtag is your gateway to the hugely enjoyable tweet-along. Also, try and include at DumptyDum in your tweet so more people get to see it, which uh, helps to keep our community growing. And that's what we like. As well as dum dum we're both on Twitter. I'm at Jberto, this is J-B-E-R-T-H-O, St. Gwen, S-T-G-U-E-N. It's all very complicated.
5: And don't forget, we're also on Instagram at dum dum We can follow us
4: there. Thanks as ever to all our contributors and to our social media supremos, Shambridge for her wonderful voices, and to our podcasting godmother, Lucy V. Freeman.
5: And a special honourable shout goes out to Philippa Hall and to Quentin Rayner for their time in the hot seat at dum dum We thank you always.
4: There you go. Um, how was your first time? It wasn't quite as scary as I thought it was going to be. It was more the technical stuff that was scaring me. Um, But in fact, uh, um, you've helped me a great deal, Ryfield. Thank you very much. I'll be much tougher on you next week. (laughs) <laughs> well I've
5: helped you by the fact that I told you it's going to be any fluffs and any mistakes it will all be on my part <laughs> and I I held true to that didn't I
4: you did indeed never mind it's oh how many oh, I think my husband went to bed about an hour ago <laughs> because in fact when Dean used to ask me you know I'm very uh, vaguely tired I've had a long weekend away by the sea plus um we're, f- we're starting recording this at 10 o'clock my time I'm a I'm a I'm not an evening person I'm very much a morning person well we're gonna have
5: to change that we're gonna have to change that once you're back in
4: california we'll definitely be changing that
5: (laughs) (laughs) jacqueline berto it's wonderful to be talking about the arches with you and long may we continue to do so
4: indeed roy phil brown thank you very much for coming back to us bye au revoir au revoir